the fuck was that? Oh, it's I water dripping. It's water dripping. <laughs> All right. James is playing some fucking weird YouTube Halloween spooky sounds that D can't hear right now. I cannot hear a thing because we are recording virtually right now, and I cannot hear a fucking thing. Just know that it's spooky. I'm going to turn it down, but not off. No, turn it off. It's annoying me. (laughs) I've just got tubular bells going on in my head right now. So, like, theme of the exorcist is just going right through my brain noggin. So, happy Halloween. I feel suitably spooked. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Ghoulie mags. Yep. Grizzly mags. Ghoulie mags. Why didn't we choose that? Fine. It's ghoulie mags. Oh, because, because we don't always make it ghouly when it's just murder and it's not Halloween themed. It's yeah. grizzly. It's grizzly. Yeah. yeah. But right now it's ghouly. Yeah. Ghouly girl. Yes. Scary, scary stuff. Hello. My name is Dee Mortimer and we are here delivering a super sp- spooky segment, Patreon segment, I think. Or are we really No, we might. Part? Who knows? Who no. knows? Maybe if, if it's, it's a good, good enough, episode, we'll just say it's part of an episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are, my name is Dee Mortimer, and I'm, uh, in the Halloween spirit. I'm gonna dress my dog up like a fucking rainbow tomorrow and march her around Church Street. <laughs> That's very gay, just like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise we were talking about. Is yes. that, is, is that problematic? problematic because you're saying gay is spooky? <laughs> no, I'm not no. saying that. Uh, what's her costume? It's a rainbow costume. Aw, oh, you just said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going as an old person because... Clearly, I can't fucking remember what you just told me two seconds ago. <laughs> I'm actually not dressing up this year because it's COVID and I'm not doing shit. I'm going to have the most boring Halloween with absolutely no trick-or-treaters because no fucking parent would let their kid walk down the alley no. to the entrance where our apartment is located. So I'll just... You do, you do live in a murder alley. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I would be shocked if you had trick-or-treaters because you do have an apartment building kind of in that complex yeah. where you could actually have like, you know, maybe a group trick-or-treat thing happening, but it's just so fucking creepy in that <laughs> fucking alleyway. I'm not going all the way down our stairs for trick-or-treaters. <laughs> I gotta Fair leave enough. my couch, walk all the way down my hall, down my kitchen, down some stairs. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm lucky. <laughs> I'm lucky. I don't have any kids living in my apartment building. I don't think anyway. That is lucky. So we don't we don't have any of that weird shit where like you know the entire apartment gets together and does trick or treating because like nobody in my building believes in having kids. So it's great. <laughs> Can I move there? It's like one of those adults only <laughs> resorts in Jamaica where everybody yeah. fucks each other. There might be there might be a couple of teenagers, but that's about it. Wipe out. <laughs> James is, you can't hear it, but there's fucking weird Halloween music like, really spookily playing quiet. lowly in the background, and somebody just cackled like uh, a skeleton It's called a vibe? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, my I wish is, I was a part of this vibe, but whatever. My name is James Holler, a.k.a. Shirley Mansplain, and I'm going as the spookiest thing, the scariest thing for Halloween, uh, the patriarchy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty fucking scary. Very scary. Our house is haunted now. I bought a. Uh, I bought a um a big. Uh, 19, it's a giant Dybbuk box. Nineteen sixties. Step on the punchline. Nineteen sixties. Like um, it's a combo like china cabinet, record player, radio, and it's got a fake fireplace in it. And ever since I've got it, nothing but bad things have happened to us. <laughs> oh it's fuck! Like just personal bad news. And then I bought a couch, and then I tried to get the couch up the stairs. I did the full work it. I worked it. I did the full Miss Yelly to put it down, flipped it and reversed it. Still wouldn't fit up the stairs. Had to throw it out. 
Yep. Curbed that. You know, that's not bad luck, though. $350 it cost me. That's not bad luck. You're just stupid. Andrew's (laughs) never going to let me let it down. (laughs) Which is pretty bad luck, depending on who you ask. Were you screaming pivot like Ross Geller and friends? (laughs) We were. I was so so tired. It was so heavy. Sorry, I shouldn't joke about it. That sounds like a fucking No, it's fine. I mean, it's not my dad dying. It's a couch. (laughs) I've had worse things happen to me this year. (laughs) So far with this. I mean, one, two. With this spooky fucking cabinet, who knows what's going to happen next? You are haunted by a very tiny, creepy Victorian child. <laughs> Congratulations. Our on friend the new just moved into a new spooky haunted house, and we, we're going to go there tomorrow, but he said that James is too loud, <laughs> which is true. Yeah, it's a, it's, 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 uh, his landlord is a Taiwanese hoarder, and like as soon as you walk in, it's like overgrown, and um, it, his, his room is weird, so I got cat hair all over. Um, oh, there's Stevie. So there's his bedroom, and then he can't get to the rest of his apartment. It's through like a shared hallway, and when you walk in the door, there's a yes, that's right. There's Sorry. immediately a piano with like an empty chair. Spooky. Yeah, it's a creepy house. Sounds very fucking very very suitable for the times. Hi guys, my name's Andrea Johns. Uh, yeah, James has passed his bad luck on to me, and it's been a weird week with lots of strange news and no couch. But things could be worse, and we're pretty pumped that we're able to get together and bring you a super special, spooky Halloween special. It's wild, yeah, it's wild. And given how long I take to edit this, it'll come around right out around uh, Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Christmas is the creepiest time of all, yeah. if you think about it. Yeah, families, kids. Families, kids. The Grinch. Santa. Santa <laughs> Claus is the creepiest motherfucker out there. He, Dude, like, come, it, comes he, into your house at night without you knowing it. Yeah, we made him so nice and friendly, but if you actually think about it, you have a home invader who squeezes his way in through your chimney and then eats your food and, yeah. like, leaves things for you. It's very Toronto, creepy. Toronto, up until a couple of years ago, had a very active serial killer in my neighborhood who used to dress up as a mall Santa. So Bruce? I am not... Oh, Juicy Brucey? Bruce... Yeah, Bruce MacArthur. I'm still... He we fucking looks like Santa Claus, yet. too. It's too soon. But he, <gasps> like, he is a Santa Claus-looking motherfucker, and he used to be a mall Santa, and he murdered a bunch of people in my neighborhood. And buried them in a... What was it? His landscaping business? Like planters. Er, 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 planters at people's houses. <clears throat> I got excited and choked on my wine there. Dude. Because I could go on for crazy, fucking ever. Crazy fucking coincidence. I was talking to Lauren the other day, who you may remember from such girly mags episodes as previous ones. And she told me that her grandmother, she just found out her Bruce MacArthur lived in the same building as her grandmother. Gross. Like insane. Six degrees of separation. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's we. Yeah, it was. A I mean, where was Lauren's thing. grandmother during all these murders? <laughs> That's what I'd like to know. Oh, <laughs> um, no, I remember walking through my neighborhood and seeing like the missing poster signs because it was like for the first bit, it was like very grassroots, like looking for these missing men. And basically the police wouldn't tell them anything and like wouldn't tell anybody anything, wouldn't even comment on there being an active serial killer. And then like spoiler alert. <laughs> fucking serial killer so my mom was very worried for me and i was just like i don't think i'm in his wheelhouse (laughs) i mean that kind of dates back to the way police used to treat and still do treat like 
LGBTQ LGBTQ stuff and trans stuff and even you know uh, racialized communities. homeless stuff and yeah. sex workers as being like yep. they probably uh, like the like these gay men they probably died doing gay stuff <laughs> yeah seriously well they also we also had like uh, there was a uh, one a woman who or like a, a young woman who died in the neighborhood around the same time there was a Laura Wells was a big one mm-hmm. um, she she was found uh, her remains were found in like I think the Beltline. Uh, around the the Don Valley Parkway, and uh, she was an indigenous sex worker that nobody kind of gave a fuck about, except for people within her community. And yeah, it was a huge fucking dark fucking time. Not that like every time has been great for queer communities anywhere, but like it was a super crazy fucking time. And I I remember they probably gayed themselves to death. Now we got some homeless people to evict from their encampments. Yeah, that's costing it's us four million dollars. Instead of housing people, we, we've spent $4 million to not house them. It's insane. And to actively criminalize them. So, Fuck anyway. the police! This is not the grizzly mags we wanted to bring you. But <laughs> That's like, pretty spooky. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to do a little bit of this month in history, but not this day in history. I'm going to tell you some things that have happened on Halloween. In 1922, Benito Mussolini, or as I like to call him, Il Duce <laughs> becomes premier of Italy. And on the same day in 1926, there was a failed assassination attempt by Anito Zamboni, <laughs> who was lynched on the spot. I love the mm. I love the name Zamboni. Yeah. I didn't know that was a re- I didn't know that was like a real last name. I thought it was just those things that are on the hockey rink. Yeah. Uh, damn, I, should, I, I didn't realize that, and I should have come up with a Zamboni joke. <laughs> you didn't think about a Zamboni I joke? I didn't read his name when I was coming down with it. We live it in Canada. I'm not <laughs> a hoser. I don't know. Uh, something about icing. You should have let me know, as a Leafs fan, that you were in a, that you were dealing with somebody with the last name of Zamboni, and I would have figured out a joke. But you've left me high and dry, and I can't think on the spot. In 1970, Jim Morrison whipped his dick out on stage. Ah, yes. How big was it? In 1993, Tupac Shakur shot a cop in the butt. In the butt talk, sir. Good. <laughs> He apparently he almost like ran up on a, a group of cops walking down the street who were identified there not in uniform, and uh, they got in an argument. The cop pulled a gun, and then uh, Tupac pulled a gun and shot one in the stomach and one in the butt. Yes, sir. Bit me directly in the butt talks. In 1994, TLC released Creep. Very spooky. Ah, uh, yes. Titanic premiered. What? Oh, in '97. Uh, yeah. Titanic <laughs> premiered for an entire fucking year. Like, it was all anybody would fucking talk about for an entire year. It's uh, weird that it came out on Halloween. That's a weird day to release. I don't know. It seems like a Christmas release. And a couple of famous people died. In 1926, Harry Houdini, magician and stuntman, died after being at the Princess Theater in Montreal. Canadian Jocelyn Gordon Whitehead probably overcompensating for the fact that he has a girl's name, <laughs> asked whether it was true that punches in the stomach did not hurt Houdini. Houdini was like, yeah, I guess not. And the guy just wailed on his stomach when he wasn't ready. And then later he could have died from that. Yeah, it was like internal bleeding or something. He had like appendicitis. It made his appendix burst. And in 1993, <laughs> I didn't know this. I did. River, River Phoenix, Phoenix died. Yeah. Yep. At the Viper Room. At the Viper Room, uh, he was going to play with the band P, star-studded lineup. The club was owned by Johnny Depp. P-Band was had uh, uh, Flea and John Frusciante yeah, yeah. from Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
Gibby Hayes from the Butthole Surfers, and Al Jorgensen from Ministry in it. Uh, when he was dying, Joaquin called 911. And Joaquin. Yeah, right, Joaquin. <laughs> How do I not know I that? I shocked that Andrea corrected. It's not like he went on to do anything notable. <laughs> Joaquin. He was not Joaquin on Sunshine that day. Uh, uh, and Flea, oh, that was good. <laughs> and Flea, I didn't know this. Flea was uh, went with him in the in the in the ambulance to yeah. the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there when when he passed away. Phoenix was found with high concentrations of morphine and cocaine in his blood, and Phoenix's father uh, blamed John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. His dad should be blaming himself for being in a weird cult and allowing his kids to be sexually abused by the children of God. Just going to come out there and say that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could go on forever, but the children of God cult. But are you talking about who gave River Phoenix's drugs? father blames them or Joaquin? Yeah, he blame, blames. Uh, them. No, River Phoenix's father blames John Frusciante for uh, giving him, giving the, him drugs. the drugs. And then uh, uh, the, the bassist uh, went on to flee the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Rip. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. I'm done. That was the peak. I remember where I was when River Phoenix died. And I was I was with my mom. And the reason why I know that is- In the bathroom of the Viker room dude. selling drugs? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry my mom wishes. Um, but no, my mom was a huge fucking fan of River Phoenix. And she cried in the car beside me when she found out. Aww. And that's how I know where I was. Because I wasn't really old enough- at the time to like be into river phoenix yeah. i knew kind of who he was because my mom was such a fan but when they announced it on the radio we were in the car outside of a sh- of a grocery store and my mom cried in the car beside me because she was such a huge fan and that's how i knew where i was have you ever listened to river phoenix's band i didn't like it they suck <laughs> just gotta come uh, out yeah, they were that. not good <laughs> yeah i always thought <laughs> And unrelated, I always thought them and Blind Melon would be better. Like, I love, uh, you know, No Rain. You listen to Blind Melon's deep cuts, they suck. So, those are the things that happened on Halloween. But we're going to tell you about a super spooky thing that happened. Very specific Halloween. Very specific Halloween. Right after a word from our sponsors? (laughs) Our AA sponsors. Hey, guys, (laughs) don't drink too much on Halloween night. Drink some water. Make sure whatever you're drinking includes a little bit of water. When you get up to get a drink, you really ought to stop and think about the way to quench your heavy thirst. The refrigerator is loaded, but before you grab a soda, why not try a big wet glass of water first? Cold water is a drink that you can trust. No one's ever lost tooth from us. So try to drink this glassy down between your classes when you're thirsty. Reach for water. You know you reach water. It's the best no-calorie drink in all the world. There's like a guitar line at the start of this that makes you think it's going to rock way more than it does. (laughs) And it doesn't rock for like three minutes. That's kind of spooky. Spooky, right? It came out. It was a hit. It was a hit in this year, 1981, which is the year we're talking about. God, this intro is fucking long. I'm going to let him. I'm going to let him. I mean, what can I do? He's going to he's going to he's going to do his echoey voice soon. Nope. Taking his time. <laughs> People had a lot more time <laughs> in 1981 to like get to the point. Like, this is on the radio. 
people had time because they were not leaving their house because it was too fucking scary. No, it's, it's, it's fucked up. That's why. That's why we're not hearing it properly. It sounds like he's underwater. Why does this always happen? Okay. You no, know, I don't know. Just can you just put it in after? Yeah, I will. Okay. I fucked it up. I'll put it in after in post. Uh, in the air tonight by Phil Collins. There's an urban legend that, that song's about him watching someone drowning another person while he's uh, out of reach of uh, of uh, getting close to them. So Phil Collins is a murderer. No, no, he was close. Wow. He was. He, he saw someone uh, drowning someone. And he wasn't close enough to help them. That sounds like an accomplice to murder. No, he. he <laughs> I mean, it's weird that he was like, I saw someone get murdered, and rather than go to the police, he's like, I got a song about it. Want to hear it? Here it go. <laughs> dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. <laughs> they wouldn't have cared because he's white. It's fine. Uh, um. in, uh, in Stand by Eminem, Eminem references by saying, uh, You know that song by Phil Collins in the air of the night about that guy who could have saved another guy from drowning, but he didn't? Then Phil saw it all and. Then at a show, we found him. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I don't listen to Eminem, and I don't really rec- remember Here's what the song. thing. Great Halloween I know, candy, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you are joking or not, because I don't listen to Eminem, and I never have. No, it's in the song Stan. <laughs> it actually happened. Right. The song that Devin Sawa plays in the music video looks yeah. like Eminem. I'm going to start this off by talking about some murders that happened on Halloween. That uh, and then we're gonna go into a bigger Halloween murder, but this is some little 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 murder appetizers, map murder odors, horde I used to call them horde overs. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> Horsey dervers. In 1974, Ronald O'Brien uh, gave his eight-year-old son uh, Timothy a last piece of candy after he'd been trick-or-treating. It was a pixie stick. Timothy ate it instantly, aren't you, little pig? Uh, <laughs> within minutes, the kid was vomiting, and he died on the way to the hospital. Turns out Aww. Ronald had poisoned the candy with cyanide. Tracks. Wow. They found out he'd done it because he took out a life insurance policy on his kid like a little while before. You can do that? Yeah, insurance companies. Why the fuck would you sell life insurance policies on kids? Yeah. That's insane. That's just asking for trouble. Oh, this kid's going to be worth a lot of money someday. I gotta. <laughs> their literate children are literally the most dangerous humans because they're just doing fucking weird shit all the time. <laughs> it's a risky policy. They, It's a risky fucking policy because all they're doing is crazy bonkers shit. Like fucking, do you remember when you were younger? I don't know if this was a thing with, like, because you guys are a bit younger than me, but like. Do you remember the giant fucking metal slides yeah. that had like no safety net <laughs> yeah, and just fly off like, and get decapitated? Fly off of them, but also they'd get so fucking hot in the summer yeah. that they would take a layer of skin off yeah. of you. We'd get second degree burns on a fucking slide. I do remember was- those. I had so much fun. We used to like see how high we could go on the uh, swing set and until the, like the, the 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 chains would jump, and then you try and jump off as high as you could and land yeah. in the sand. Then they replaced the sand with fucking paint chips. No, no, wood chips. It was wood chips. You can't build a castle out of wood chips because, like, two kids got hantavirus by eating it. Like, that's, like, natural (laughs) selection. Stop ruining all playgrounds because kids die. Like, it's like kids are supposed to die. That's what teaches us how to live. Yeah, that's what Ron says. 
And that is the mentality that led him to take a life insurance policy out on his kid and then murder him. With a pixie stick. It's the 70s. You didn't even have to poison him with pixie sticks. Just Um, take him to like the fucking playground. (laughs) Fair enough. Let nature take its course. Yeah. Just say, hey, kid, look at that fucking creek. That looks fun. (laughs) And then just like leave them alone for half an hour. They'll work it out. Uh, Martha Moxley... This is covered in all kinds of... I thought I'd watch a documentary about this. Oh, yeah, I, this. I know this case. Uh, yeah, she was ha- attending a Halloween party. She got beaten to death by a golf club. Yikes. Jesus. It was done by a... I uh, think it was a her... Kid, a 15-year-old neighbor, yeah, and they neighbor. think it might have been his brother who did it. They were rich kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they had They're golf like, clubs. Yeah, exactly. Those things are expensive. That's fucking bonkers. Carl Jackson was murdered over an egg incident in the Bronx. Uh, he was driving his car... And some teenagers threw eggs at his car. And when he got out to yell at them, they shot him in the head. Fuckers. Holy fuck. I egged somebody's house once and she was my neighbor. And she saw me out the window and then told my dad and I got in so much fucking trouble. (laughs) I don't know. It's the Bronx. I'm not yelling at anyone. Any (laughs) group of teens. Not Uh, in the 70s. Holy fuck. Are you insane? (laughs) One time, uh, my friend, uh, I was in New York and he was like, I got a surprise for you guys. Just give give me each like $80. And I was like, okay. And uh, and then he we we show up, and uh, he says meet me here, and he pulls up in a like a, a Mustang convertible, and his surprise was we're gonna drive around the city in this convertible. It's <laughs> kind of uh, a shitty surprise. What? Yeah. Oh, one <laughs> thing was I was like great, and then we got stuck in traffic a lot. Yeah, and you're then, in New York. And then he was like, he was like, uh, he was like, I just thought it'd be fun, you know, a convertible. And I went, does it convert into something fun? <laughs> Um, but he, we drive and he, we stop in Harlem and he's like, I really have to pee. And then he parks in like the middle of Harlem in like, this is like 2005. I don't know how gentrified it is now, but it wasn't then. And he parks and he's like, I have to pee. I'm getting out to go pee in this like Popeye's with like fucking bulletproof glass. And I was like, do we have to stop here? <laughs> and I thought that I was like worried. It's like, we're four white guys in an open top convertible <laughs> sitting in Harlem <laughs> Well, my friend goes, he's like, what? I have to pee. And it's like just us sitting there like fucking assholes in a convertible. It's like looking around. Well, the hardworking folks of Harlem. still here? Wander around and just be like, these fucking assholes. Absolutely. We, look, we totally look assholes. like we are buying drugs, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a drug. That looks like rich fucking New Jersey yeah, drug dude. kids. Yeah, dude. Like, coming don't Harlem. do that. Uh, in 1992, a Japanese exchange student, I hate this story. Uh, Hator, uh, Yoshiro, Yoshihiro Hatori was uh, going to attend a Halloween party in New Orleans. He didn't know the neighborhoods. So we stopped by some guy's house and knocked on the door. And uh, he says, we're here for the party. And the man in the doorway shot him with a revolver being like, oh. I thought he was going to break into my house. What? That is, oh. America is so fucked. No yeah. offense That's to our American bummer. listeners, but you guys are fucked. Like a That's Japanese a teenager, you're terrified of him? I don't... Wait. I They didn't say what he was dressed up as. What if the guy was really scared of spooky ghosts? <laughs> or like you know, or vampires? Uh, and he's like, there's a goddamn vampire on my... <laughs> ah, bang. I mean, it's tra- it's also Halloween. Aren't you like expecting people to knock on your door, you fucking weirdo? Also, in the end, you have a gun. I know. That should be a deterrent enough. You don't have to just shoot him. You're like, I have a gun. Yeah. Poor kid. Rip. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, we also don't know what costume he's wearing. I mean, he could have been scary zombie. <laughs> James, stop victim blaming. Shot him in the head. I mean, yeah, literally. That's zombie 101. <laughs> zombie. 
guys, I think we're not going to go on a limb here and say don't shoot Japanese exchange students. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go. I'm going to go. Hot I'm take. sorry. I might be a little woke here. <laughs> I don't mean to be a social justice warrior, but you should not shoot Japanese exchange students who show up on your doorstep. Or anyone else for that well, matter. Well, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh, God. I don't know where to go now. <laughs> <laughs> we just see, like, it's like D is signed off. D has left the chat. I'm drinking oh. a giant chalice of wine now. Like, it's... What kind of yeah. wine is that? Is that a rosé? A rosé. It's a it's rosé in a box. Classy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a very that's a very summery wine. It is. It's the only wine I like from the wine rack. Uh, the toolbox murderers committed one of their last, but I don't oh, want to talk about oh, those guys. Oh, fucking man! Holy shit! That fucking case. That case is fucking yeah. nuts. I it honestly, out of all the cases I've listened to, it re- really disturbed me. I have tr- I have trouble with it. So I am like a big listener of like a t- as you probably already know, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. And basically all of them have covered the toolbox killers. And I always have problems listening to it. It's so fucking awful. Like it's just, it's a specific level of awful that I just cannot handle, which says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. My toolbox is a little gray and purple duffel bag full of (laughs) gendered women's tools that my mom (laughs) bought Andrea as a Christmas present. It's like a princess toolkit. Comes in handy quite a bit. It's like purple. Yeah, it does. I mean, it held a lot of my other manly tools. (laughs) I don't generally use the girl tools. (laughs) My toolbox is full of sex toys. So (laughs) nice. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully uh, your dad doesn't come over to like fix the sink and is like, ah! it's, no, like a, it's like a box anytime, of snakes. I mean, in another way, that happens, I hide it. in a it's horrible fine. way, the toolbox killer's toolbox was also filled with sex toys. Oh, no. <laughs> um, in 1981, which brings us to the year we're talking about mainly 17 year old Johnny Frank. Fucking ace name. Yeah, that is a great ace name. name. That is a great name. Raped and murdered a 76-year-old uh, nun in her covenant bed on Halloween. Jesus oh, my God. fucking Christ. Why did you say he had a great name? <laughs> he does have a great name. Johnny Frank. Hey, imagine you're like in the you're in the Bronx. Like, hey, Johnny Frank, don't rape that nun. Oh my God. Don't rape that nun, Johnny Frank. Oh, my God. She's 76. I'm not going to advocate for murdering nuns, my aunt's a nun, unless they worked in a residential school. <laughs> True. And that is why I, like, yeah, no, it's, uh, that is why I'm not coming to the defense of the Catholic, like, church. But, uh, yeah, it's, don't do that. She was probably just my Hot take. <laughs> just don't Again, do Again, what is with this woke liberal agenda <laughs> where you shouldn't murder 76-year-old nuns? She was probably making herself a cup of tea. Like, it well, she wasn't just, handing. Did nuns hand out candy? Like, they wouldn't they think it's like a Satan holiday? If they didn't, then they do now. Ugh. <laughs> oh, All right. Horrible. I'm in a great fucking mood. <laughs> <laughs> this brings us to Halloween night, 1981. <laughs> For a little background, New York in the 1980s was not the glitzy, gentrified New York that we know today. So it was super seedy, rampant crime uh, in the 70s and well into the 80s and early 90s. Heroin was everywhere. 
the crack epidemic was raging. I actually found Bryant, out Bryant Park was called Needle Needle Park, Park yeah, because of the 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 heroin epidemic that was happening in the in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, and I actually found out that the term crack comes from the fact that the drug looked like small pieces of plaster that fell out of the cracks in Harlem tenement houses. Yeah. which is insane i have a couple in notes yeah. it's kind of a, a giant paragraph of like what was happening in the 70s and 80s in new york city if you don't mind me reading it tons of serial killers as andrea said super seedy but it like really cannot be understated how much of a fucking shit show new york city was and how much fun um, it was i mean there's plato's there's like sex plato's closet which seemed like Disco. a dope sex club studio 54 and I don't want, and I don't want to underplay how the like the important and groundbreaking things that were happening in terms of art and culture and all of that stuff. I don't want like. But we're talking about of, scum right now. A lot of all right, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> but Jesus Christ. Um, but to set the stage for what we're talking about with this particular murder segment that we're going to be doing, it like again really can't be understated just how much of a clusterfuck New York City was. So. You had a huge financial crisis happening, and so the city was basically bankrupt. There was at least one active serial killer that we're going to talk about that we definitely know about that was holding the city basically hostage in this in the seven in part of the seventies. Um, super cheap crack cocaine was being funneled into underserved, underrepresented, and undervalued Black and Hispanic communities, who were then dispor- disproportionately criminalized for it, and to can- continue to be criminalized to this day there was a giant 25 25 hour blackout that fucking crippled the city and that that blackout hit those same black and hispanic communities especially hard in terms of destruction and vandalism that was in 1977 yeah so basically and basically the whole city was in utter chaos during that blackout for the entire day uh like more like midnight to midnight over actually like over it was 25 hours yeah looting Um, vandalism yeah. And murders. Did you know utter, utter chaos. A lot of the explosion of like hip hop uh, and uh, and urban music happened because in that op- a lot of them had the opportunity to get really expensive music instruments they couldn't normally have gotten except during the looting. Yeah, phase. that's amazing. That's it's that's the thing, right? Like crazy fucking weird shit was happening. So hate crimes towards queer people were kicking into overdrive in part because of the release of 1980s the 1980s pachito film cruising um and also the big we had the beginnings of the aids crisis in the 80s um corruption within the nypd was an entire fucking thing all it's on it on its own um sex workers were being arrested all over the place many of them actual fucking children uh, there was a garbage strike in 1981 that lasted 17 days in December. So the whole fucking city oh, was. Oh God, that'd be gross. It was cr- it was December, so maybe everything was partially frozen and it wasn't smelling too horrifying. You- but it was still covered in garbage. Were you guys in the city during our giant garbage strike in Toronto? Yeah, yeah. it was. Disgusting. It was fucking disgusting because yeah. it was actually, I think, in the summer. It was really bad news. Yeah, it was really. Good. Um. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, the garbage strike was after the murders we're about to talk about, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the mob was balls to the wall deep in the whole mess. Um, and somewhere between the seven, 1970 and 1980, literally nearly one, one million people left the city, probably in part because of like the rampant crime, corruption, fucking all of the bad shit that was going on in New York City. So they probably left because of that, but because they were in the middle of a financial crisis, 
that didn't help anything when you lose 1 million people in 10 years. White flight. <laughs> yeah. Well, they yep. tourists were actually handed. They'd lower the fucking rents. Tourists were handed pamphlets when they got off the plane or whatever in New York. And it said, welcome to Fear City, a survival guide for visitors. And it gave yeah. them tips how to get out of New York City alive, which would be an yeah. awesome shirt if I had that shirt. I mean, I mean, people like think about New York being so terribly dangerous, but it's like a tale of two cities. If you stayed like in like, you know, the nice areas of like the Upper East Side and like the park and like the Midtown it was actually the midtown was the deuce then still, so it wasn't affecting you that's that much. That's not true because w- where we're talking about took place in yeah. Chelsea, so you were not safe. Like, and when David uh, Berkowitz was around, take like, me back. <laughs> um, Jesus. I'm looking yeah. at a condo going up right across the street from us right now. <laughs> like the yeah. point is, you had to suffer this shit if you wanted to live in a city, and if you wanted to live in a city, if you were an artist or whatever, you were driven and you put up with the shit. Now people move to the city because it's like I like the restaurants, and I basically want to turn this into the suburbs. You don't have to eat shit. We need to fucking stab more people. (laughs) (laughs) But to give you an idea, so like back in the 70s, so in at the beginning of the 70s, the population of New York City was like almost 8 million people, which is crazy because it's about 800 million people now. But it was 8 million people. By 1980, it was 7 million almost. So like a million people left the city. Yeah, that's a huge, that's like 20%. It's huge. It like, like they basically... They basically were saying at the time that New York City was never going to recover. Also, in the in the 70s, the like silver lining moment of the 70s was the building of the World Trade Center by Rockefeller. So like, which is if that is your best thing that happened, I mean, like, granted, for the economy, maybe it helped. But like, that's not a good kind of like litmus test for like, you know, good shit that was going on. Also helped too. There's a thing about it. They say that is saying in New York being like, we have all these beautiful buildings and the boxes they came in, which are the World Trade Center. That's a, yeah. I saw that quote as well when I was doing research, but so basically like New York city for about like 20 fucking years was a hot fucking mess and nobody really truly wanted to live there unless it was seen as kind of like a safe haven because they were outliers outliers and like outcasts from where they used to live because you had a lot of you had a lot of queer people that like moved to the city because it was like they had a a community cool and it's and not it art, fucking artists cool. went there because things were happening it wasn't yep. like a place where you could replicate the suburbs and it wasn't a Absolutely. playground for the rich yeah yeah which is the problem with every city now because people used to want to make it it meant you had a house with a picket fence in the suburbs and you yeah. got out of the city now it's the opposite to make it you live in the city in like a uh, you know basically replication of the suburbs with a place to walk your dog and a place yeah. to get coffee and that's it no offense. Well, if you if you look at it, if you look at <laughs> if you look at like it, like New York City as we know it now, it's the it's the largest city in the U.S. by a very huge amount. They're double like the demog- like the population of New York City now doubles the population of the second largest city in the United States, which is L.A. Yeah, by like by over like you know doubles in a way it smaller area and- too. <clears throat> like land mass you know i feel like i'm starting to get into like you know the conversations that james has with regards to like you know fluctuation but <laughs> um, fucking inflation and financial inflation conversations. sorry yeah 
but it but it it's kind of like when we think about new york now we think about the fact that it's like you know huge a huge port for like new americans coming in there's like 800 languages that are that are that are spoken in new york it's like a, a huge fucking like it's the ninth largest city in the world and it gets like it like contributes something like a trillion dollars just from manhattan into like the actual GDP. amount of money that the gdp the yeah it's insane new york city accounts for the largest donations to both parties the democrats and the republicans even though everyone thinks of new york city as like this super liberal super liberal and new york state is super liberal but they actually represent the highest it's just a lot of fucking rich people there yeah it's but but so yeah so it's like what andrea said was correct in the intro like at the beginning of the segment was that like New York City in the 70s and 80s was a very different landscape to what you understand New York City to be now. And that doesn't downplay all of the important shit that was happening in New York City at the time and how fucking cool it was. But also everybody was fucking scared to live there. Well, like yeah. it was it was and, this weird dichotomy. And that sets the perfect stage for what we're gonna talk about. So uh the homicide rate for New York in 2020 was 447 murders we're going to take you back to halloween night in 1981 with one murder that took place among the 2166 that took place in 1981 and continues to remain unsolved to this day so halloween night 1981 in a third floor duplex at 207 west 22nd street new york city which is in the chelsea district of manhattan or chelsea neighborhood uh, there's a 39-year-old photographer, Ronald Sisman, and he's shooting pictures of his 19-year-old, ew, girlfriend, <laughs> Elizabeth Harsh. Plattsman. That's gross. I'm sorry. How old was he? 39. Oh, yeah. That's that's wrong. That's um, a, not a good age difference, that's, that's, even that's, back then. That's me dating someone. Be like, yeah, that's disgusting. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> what would we even talk about? I don't know. I mean, I could never do that. He runs two photography businesses in in his Chelsea apartment, and Elizabeth is an art student at Smith College in Massachusetts. So they're just relaxing, enjoying their drinks, having wine, taking pictures, and somebody knocks at the door. And they're not expecting anyone, so they ignore it. Um, which is weird. I'm like thinking it's the same thing we were talking about earlier. Like, it's Halloween. Don't people knock on your door? But anyways, um, maybe not an apartment building. I don't know. <laughs> So it, <laughs> so it keeps getting louder and louder and more persistent, which for me, I would not go and answer if that happened. I'd be like, who the fuck's banging on my door? They don't have a peephole? I guess not. So Ron gets up to answer the door, and then a group of unknown individuals wearing cheap plastic Halloween masks uh, force their way into the apartment, and then they begin to beat and bludgeon both Ron and Elizabeth, uh, forcing one another to watch while they slay each other and then they completely ransacked and tear apart the apartment like apparently they ripped open furniture sorry were they both killed yeah so the police officer noted there was so much chaos in the apartment that investigators investigators couldn't walk in without stepping on like just shit everywhere 
Um, Can I ask you something really quickly? Yeah. How did how where did you read that there were people in Halloween masks? Because like, how would I they just, know? Because they both died. Yeah, I don't no, know. No, yeah. And also like there was like it's unsolved. And I and like based on what I was looking into, like there were no kind of like firsthand accounts of yeah, like anybody they both busting and entering. Died. So Insert how would they know they were wearing they were wearing yeah. Halloween masks? <laughs> and also, how would they judge the quality of the Halloween masks? <laughs> I don't know. I found this on some site. I'll put the sources in the thing. Weirdly but judgmental. Cheap plastic Halloween mask maybe somebody, okay all right maybe somebody saw them f- fleeing the scene i don't know like Absolutely, a fucking yeah. or a fucking seance they were like <laughs> oh so so the when the group's done they removed the identification from both couples which is weird like they're gonna know who lives there even without their ids um and then shot both of them back in the, in the back of the head execution style ron was shot four times and elizabeth three times and then they fled the the scene um neighbors noted that the walls were literally sprayed with blood See, this is speculation also. It's like, how do you know they made them watch each other slay whatever? Like, how would you know that if you were yeah. in the room? Who look, was? Did someone show up at the police station, just took off their cheap <laughs> Halloween mask, and was like, so, by the way. <laughs> spooky. Su- spooky also, deal. I couldn't find any. So the, the interesting thing about, like, um, so it's I think it's Elizabeth Platzman. Um, her headstone says that she actually died on September 29th, but the whole thing is that she that they that everybody was like that they, they were both found them on Halloween on, night. On it was on Saturday, October thirty first. I saw in the New yeah. York Times. So which is really fucking crazy because like I don't wanna there there's um like I don't wanna discount like that whole kind of like by bystander uh like you know thing where like bystanders don't report things because they just like they have this inability to hear that something wrong was going on uh new york was known for that don't forget the kitty jenny yeah (laughs) the kitty jenny and that's what i was gonna say is like with like i don't want to discount like how people kind of just like don't involve themselves in scary shit and especially if you're in the middle of like 1981 and we're talking about like October 1981. So everybody already knows how many people are fucking being murdered everywhere during that particular year. But nobody in that duplex, because like he, they were like Ron, Ron Sisman lived in a Chelsea Brownstone. So he lived in like the two, uh, two stories of like a Chelsea Brownstone that was like a four story building. Must be nice. Yeah. Connected to other four, like it was a row of like fucking brownstones. And what I find interesting is that like when I was going into all, cause I'm going to talk about the conspiracy theories of this case uh, in a minute, but nobody, I can't find anywhere, anybody who said like, wow, there's a lot of noise coming from that fucking apartment. Hmm. And like, based on how badly that apartment fucking looked, I can't imagine that there wasn't fucking noise happening. Yeah, like seriously. to shoot to just to fire off a gun at least in a seven fucking city. times. I mean, yeah. he in has a crowded like a, city. He, this fucking rich asshole has like a fucking du- duplex and maybe it was like nicely sound, sound, sound insulated. Insulated. Still, man, it guns, looked guns like really fucking, fucking carry in there though. Like you would have heard somebody fucking shrieking, which I can't imagine anybody wasn't at least a little bit screaming. So it's just I don't know. It's just, it, I know you have a little bit more to say, but like, I just found really like kind of interesting parts of this case that were just like, what the fuck was happening? Well, who the fuck wrote the cheap Halloween mask that I found? The killer? We are tearing, yeah. Andrew is like a shitty detective that we're tearing <laughs> apart her official police report. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. I'll put our sources in here, but that's what I found. Maybe somebody was uh, embellishing whatever. So yeah, maybe anyways, these crimes are still unsolved. Spoiler alert. But we're going to talk about some conspiracies 
you know, initially the police thought that they might have been revenge for drug debts because mm-hmm. Ronald Sisman was rumored to be involved in the drug trade. This guy seems creepy, dude. He's what's a, what's his name? Oh, Ronald Sisman. Can you say it again? It's Ronald Sisman. Sounds like more like Ronald Sussman. <laughs> 39 years old, dating a 19-year-old, taking lots of pictures. Like he We're sounds like Terry Richardson, bro, and he might be in the v- drug trade. I don't mean to like victim blame, but anyways, I think there is actually rumors that he might be like creepy anyway, right? Like there's some yeah weird yeah. shit. So I'm I'll let you talk, talk about, about that. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, as Andrea said, this murder is unsolved to this day. So the theories that have come forward regarding what happened are largely conspiracy based. Um, but I'm going to go into a few of them now. I don't know if this is all of them, but. And we'll be back right after a word from my AA sponsor. (laughs) And right now we're back after talking to my AA sponsor and he was not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, as Andrea said, this murder is unsolved to this day. So, the theories that have come forward regarding what happened are largely conspiracy-based. But I'm going to go into a few of them now. Um, So, first, the quote-end-quote fun one. Um, If you're a true crime nut, uh, you've probably marathoned the Netflix series The Son of Sam, A Descent into Darkness. Uh, For those of you that haven't, it explores a theory that not only was David Berkowitz not acting alone, but that he was also part of a huge widespread satanic cult operating across the entire country. Fucking nuts. It's insane. Um, And yeah, and if you haven't watched the series, you should just fucking go and do that as soon as you finish listening to this to this segment. You mean like the Democrats? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sounds like Um, QAnon, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, the series only touches on this theory briefly, but it's kind of super entertaining if you're a true crime nut um, or as entertaining as it can get when you're talking about David Berkowitz, um, which I'm not really going to go into because if you let me, I will talk about David Berkowitz for like five million fucking hours. (laughs) But if you don't know the name David Berkowitz, just Google him and lose your mind like the rest of us have had to. Um, Now, before I get into the actual story, we need to go through a couple of events and talk about a couple of people. So let's start with Roy Raiden. I don't even give a fuck if I'm pronouncing his last name right because the guy's a piece of shit. Raiden was a sketch bag of epic, epic, epic proportions. He was a millionaire movie producer who lived in a huge Long Island mansion. And he had a really wild reputation for throwing insane drugged out sex parties, which if everything is consensual... Have your fucking amazing. Have your fucking drugged out sex parties if everything is consensual. But uh, it was at one of these parties that the young actress Melanie Haler Haller, I think it's Haller, um, alleged. No, it's um, (laughs) sorry, it's Melanie. Oh, you're right, Haller. H a l l e r. Not related to James Haller. Not yes. (laughs) But uh, so Melanie Haller uh, alleges that she was brutally raped and beaten after she refused to join in on one of these giant fucking orgies. Uh, For those of you that don't know her, she was in Welcome Back, Cotter, uh, The Love Machine, and The French Connection. Um, And she insists that on that night, on top of being brutalized, that the whole thing was also filmed. Uh, some say that the that it was actually filmed by uh, Sisman, 
um, the, the murder, one of the murder victims that we're talking about. Um, others th- say that he was never there. So it's very inconclusive kind of what everybody was talking about, what they saw that night. Um, that is my dog agreeing with me. Now, surprising, I'm going to wait until she stops fucking barking. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Now, surprising absolutely no one, the police and legal system did less than the bare minimum to investigate or bring anyone to Justin's. Take yes, that right. legal system and police. <laughs> um, okay, fucking stop it, though. Can you shut up McGruff, the crime dog? <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good Halloween costume for yeah, my dog. Yeah, would. <laughs> now... Surprising absolutely no one, the police and the legal system did less than the bare minimum uh, to investigate or bring anyone to justice in this case. One guy ended up going to jail for like 30 days maybe, but that's about it because, and probably because Roy Raiden and his friends were super powerful and basically said that everything was totally consensual and she was making everything up. Despite the fact that she was found the next morning by a transit worker on the train unconscious and bloody so it nothing was fucking done it's insane fast forward a little bit and melanie is now visiting with ron sisman at his chelsea apartment where she alleges that he attempted to force her to take drugs but the charges were later dropped because she wouldn't sorry she got violently sexually assaulted and this guy was videotaping it and then later on, she went to his apartment to hang out? No, 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 no. It, so it was basically the, like people say he was maybe videotaping it. Other people say that. She, I don't well, think she that may she not have known actually either. said it. She may yeah. not have known if she if it did happen. She wouldn't know who was taping if she was under like the influence. So I mean, she yeah. might have met these people at the parties. So she's still hanging know. out with this. She might have not even been under the influence when it was happening. She was just literally assaulted and yeah. raped and fucking beat up because so like she probably wasn't if if he was there videotaping it she may have just not even noticed because of every horrible thing that was happening to her but there are kind of some accounts that say that he was videotaping it some people say he was never there confirmed he also i think i read somewhere that he had kind of a solid alibi for not being there but like again dude's a douchebag i'm not saying anything here or there i'm more of the opinion that maybe he was there but whatever but fast forward a bit and melanie's now living now visiting uh with ron sisman at his chelsea apartment where she alleges that he attempted to force her to take drugs probably with the intent of assaulting her but the charges were later dropped because she couldn't she wouldn't cooperate with authorities probably because they fucking dropped the fucking ball on her first assault yeah no shit he maintained his innocence saying that he was just giving her a tranquilizer of some kind because she was okay. becoming because she was becoming triggered from the night when Raiden and his fucking asshole friends attacked her and beat her up and raped her. Oh um I'm all, but yeah so basically like a but I don't think Ron Sisman is the fucking amazing person. Like I don't think anybody thinks he's an amazing person but like I, I don't want to say that anybody deserves to be murdered, but this guy was a bit of a fucking sketch bag. True. But uh, getting back to the original theory, uh, basically the Son of Sam series that's on Netflix uh, basically posits that uh, Roy Raiden was the leader of this cult that Berkowitz belonged to and that his last attack and the murder of his last victim, Berkowitz, his last victim, uh, Stacey Mosco... Mac- uh, Mac- 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 
Moskovich. Something like that. Hurry. Yeah, Mos- yeah Moskowitz. Mos- Moskowitz or Moskovich. <laughs> Moskowitz. Whatever. Good guess. Yeah. Moskowitz. Yeah. Let's go um, with that. Sorry. But basically, that, that the murder of his last victim was actually captured on film as part of a snuff film, and that the one recording the whole thing was, you've probably already guessed it, Ron Sisman. Creepy Ron in the back. Super fucking creepy. We're not even fucking done yet. <laughs> Dude, he's like the Terry Richardson of the 70s. It's so fucking weird. He is. That is a very good analogy. <laughs> um, fast forward even more to the night. Fast forward a bit more to the night of the murders that we're talking about of Sisman and Platzman. Apparently, according to the police, the whole place was completely ransacked, which Andrea already mentioned. We're talking literally. They were torn looking apart. for something. Yeah, they literally couches were torn apart. Fucking cabinets were just like ransacked. Um, So anybody, the person or like obviously people who probably like broke in or actually there was no signs of anybody breaking in. There was no signs of fourth century, but like the people that were there to commit the crime that they did were fucking looking for something. Um, And this docuseries on Netflix posits that it was cult members that showed up and they were looking, they were tearing the place apart looking for a video, the which is footage. the snuff footage of this murder, which like is like a me at a blockbuster on a Friday night in the nineties. <laughs> Hi, welcome to blockbuster. Were you looking for something in particular? Yeah. Well, you might say that and expect this place to be so big. <laughs> That's what most people say when they first come in. Yeah. We've got thousands of videos in over 30 categories. No, but yeah, basically that they were looking for this snuff film. I think that's a bit of a reach, but it's super entertaining. So like, I'm kind of like, I'm, I really enjoy conspiracy theories, but it's a bit of a stretch because like, I don't know. I just, I don't buy it completely, but it's, it's an entertaining thing to think about. Um, it's also a really big bummer because it's probably like, and I'm going to go into a couple of other theories, which basically say that like, we don't talk about a lot of a lot about Elizabeth Platzman being murdered because Ron Sisman was the kind of like the uh, prolific photographer that the was connection. the one that was murdered and the connections and all of that stuff. And we don't talk about Platzman, which is basically like all of these theories basically come down to the fact that like she was probably just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And to go into like a little bit of a history of her, she was just like very well liked, very kind artsy quiet kind of shy came from an affluent family in long she came from long island money which at the time in long island it was very affluent affluent um and was basically just like wanted to be a part of the scene and was basically like that she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time wanted to be a part of the orgy snuff film (laughs) movie scene no, well, just... she she hadn't been a part of that party. Like it was, she didn't. Yeah, I don't. She didn't, I would she say didn't go to those parties. She probably I don't dated think she went the to guy because he was a photographer and probably hung around like young artsy students because yeah, like he's a, a creep. A because he's a fucking predator. They're like, yeah, does like lures you in with the photography and yeah. then you know you're taking. Ooh, are you a model? You're taking oh, you could art, be. You're taking artful nudes and eventually you're taking less artful nudes. Exactly. Yeah. Bro. But also she was like, she came from money. So she was probably maybe brushing up against these people anyway, like in terms of like meeting them in at parties and stuff like that, because she the was, orgy she came from, brushing up. well, they were both from <laughs> Long Island, right? Yeah, they small, were the, like, there are connections place. in Long Island and that's a small place. And like, it's so, it, I mean, I don't know. I the, imagine the name says it's, it's an small. island James. In, in the name. It's right in the name. <laughs> that's not small. <laughs> so basically, so that's the son of Sam 
uh, conspiracy theory is that they were looking for the snuff film that Ron Sisman was video was recording of David Berkowitz's last murder. Now, the not so much fun conspiracy theory, but the one that I think would be the most badass is super simple that Melanie Holler was at the center of the whole thing and that this was a revenge murder for um, for what happened to her at Raiden's uh, Raiden's Raiden's whatever uh, at his party where she was basically like assaulted assaulted and 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 it was filmed and everything i hope that happened but again (laughs) again it's a stretch because it's kind of badass that like somebody maybe went out and got like fucking revenge some gone girl shit but again it like also comes like at the end of the day it's also like elizabeth platzman was in the wrong place at the wrong time and that's the only reason why she she was murdered yeah the last theory, which isn't so much a conspiracy theory as it is simply like it's this it's the most plausible theory that the cops have have come up with. And it's actually like, you know, far be it for me to agree with cops, but it's probably the most it's probably the most plausible um, was that, again, as Andrea said, that it was drug related, uh, according to a bunch of tens in the building on top of being a fucking slime ball. Um, he was also Sisman was also said to have had people at his place all hours of the night. Uh, because he was dealing cocaine from his apartment and that someone showed up and this was just a drug deal, drug deal gone horribly, horribly That long. sounds incredibly likely. He's selling cocaine, people break <laughs> so in, likely. looking for the source of all his cocaine, right? They're looking for the rest of the cocaine. To murder yeah. people? Again, though, yeah. again, no, though, again, some though. Some guy sells you cocaine, he gives you a bag and you go kill them and look for the, the rest of his stash. Yeah. But and also, if he was like a regular dealer, he probably knew the people that were coming to buy drugs off of him, which is why there was no forced entry. Mm -hmm. Hey, dude, why are you guys wearing? Why why do you have five dudes with you, and why are you all wearing these cheap (laughs) Halloween masks? (laughs) They just show up in ghost face killer masks. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so those are like the three main conspiracy theories that I found. Is it possible that Raiden was involved in a? karate kung fu uh, tournament uh, organized by Shang Tsung that, uh, in which they fought to the death? What the fuck uh, are you talking he about? He died. Mortal Kombat! fucking died look uh, there's gonna died. be some nerd Wait, he was murdered oh he was see, murdered. oh my god dude see he was yeah. murdered yeah every time you mention the name raiden there's gonna be some nerd who's like are they not gonna mention royal Co- mortal Kombat at all <laughs> really not wait but you just missed an important point the creep the there's two creeps, yeah. but the bigger creep with the big house in long island was murdered as well who murdered him sub-zero <laughs> <laughs> did they ever find out who murdered him was it related to his drugs um, and sex party he was murdered. He was shot in the back of the head, execution style, I think. Dude, just like Platzman um, and fucking Sisman. Yeah, it's. I hold on one second because, like, I did lose my note. Shot but, in the back um, of the head. That sounds more like a Jax Briggs move. So yeah, he was murdered. Um, he vanished en route, and this is coming from the Wikipedia page. So like, credit where credit is due. Um, he vanished en route to a scheduled Beverly Hills conference in May thirteenth, May on May thirteenth, nineteen eighty three. So after the murder, like 
about six months, seven months after after the the murder. No, that was in sorry, that was in Halloween, nineteen eighty one. So it would have been two years. Oh, later. so yeah. okay, so we're talking like you know two two years, two and a half years later, whatever. My math is awful, but like whatever, <laughs> you can, you guys can figure it out. Um, so he vanished en route to a scheduled Beverly Hills conference on May thirteenth, nineteen eighty three, and was reported missing reported missing days later by his personal assistant. His remains were found a few weeks later by a beekeeper. A beekeeper. You like jazz? And a forest ranger near Gorman, California, about 65 miles uh, north of Los Angeles. Shot in the head. Is it possible that it wasn't a spike on the end of a rope? Because that is a vintage (laughs) scorpion move. Come here! Well, several years later, contract killer William Menser was among four people sentenced for shooting Raiden multiple times in the head and using dynamite to make identification by authorities more challenging. Well, that's pretty fucking cool. So, yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's it's pretty fucking cool. weird and cool. That's it's on some like tremor cool. shit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Fucking nuts. Anyway, this whole fucking case is like insane and i highly recommend going and watching the sun of sand documentary they only talk about it very briefly but they do talk about this whole like linkage between david berkowitz and like this particular murder and uh or murders and uh yeah it's insane i like went down a very dark wormhole this week (laughs) fucking cults murder halloween fucking cheap halloween masks it's got it all dude I like, I want to say like, I mean, we're going to be listing, we'll list our, like our sources in the, uh, in our notes for the show, but I did get a lot of my information from the podcast, Bad Acts, a true crime podcast. And they went in pretty deep for about an hour uh, or about like 45 minutes on this Ooh, crime. Must be got, nice. like, quite a bit. <laughs> I got I got it's on iHeartRadio. You can look it up. If you like Google any of these names, you come up with a bunch of articles. But the main kind of source for like a lot of like the nitty gritty stuff came from the deep dive that the podcast Bad Axe did. Sick. Uh, where's your mm. source for the uh, cheap masks? <laughs> I'll list it in the thing. I made a list. We'll of list it all. All right. Mm-hmm. Do we end on a whimper like those poor people bludgeoned to death in that <laughs> in that sex uh, creeps apartment? It's. I feel like I need a shower after like researching this whole thing because I need a shower after their gross. horny orgies. Yeah. Communal showers with the horny, sweaty orgies. It was, this was like a wild case, but also just like a really fucking gross one. Um, and also like, I mean, we talk about it now because we're in the midst of like, or like we're in the, we're in like the middle of like the Me Too movement and stuff like that. But like you had these like actresses and like a- probably and actors as well, like young, young newbies on the scene going to these fucking weird ass rager parties and getting completely taken advantage this of. Sounds... And they had, they had no way to get out of it. So much like QAnon. <laughs> It's yeah. like the, they're all pedophiles <laughs> engaging sex act, except when you leave the party, they give you a fucking toothpick to get the 70s pubic hair out of your teeth. <laughs> so, uh, 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 hair in the mouth. No, absolutely not. <laughs> That's one thing that always makes you puke. Yeah, that and wet toilet paper. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us for our yeah. spooky, special spooky Halloween episode. We'll be back soon with uh, new magazine episodes, new guests. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at girly.mags. Uh, send us your embarrassing moments. 
stuff you find, 90s shit, or just say hi. And if you want to join our Patreon, you can join it, patreon.com slash girlymags. And we have a $1 and a $5 tier uh, for magazine scans, spooky shit, free extra <laughs> bonus content. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> and all of our, you can pay to hear more of us being stupid, so... Andrew's yeah, making that. me buy a couch from Leon. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and thank you to our like current patrons. Ho, ho, thank you for paying for our stupid bullshit that you guys hear. Ho, I mean, ho, we give you, hold we do the give... payment. <laughs> if you sign up for our uh, Patreon, you do not have to pay for uh, in many days until the start of that month. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Ho, ho, hold the payment. <laughs> But yes, thank you to everybody, and we love you, and yes. We hope you have a happy and safe Halloween. Don't get murdered. Or actually, we hope you did have a safe and happy Halloween, because like James says, this is coming out on Christmas. (laughs) Have a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Have have a a very Merry Christmas. Christmas. We're going to do a Patreon episode for Christmas about murders on Christmas, and it'll come out on Easter. So we're doing good. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Have a holly jolly Christmas. (laughs) Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer.